Hey, this is Howard Jacobson, and I'm delighted to be joined on the phone today by my friend and my fitness teacher, John Hines of Monkey Bar Gym. Hello, John. Hey, Howie. How are you doing? Awesome. So I'm real. I'm happy to be talking with you today. You you met me when I was just beginning my whole food plant based journey, and you've had a huge influence on me, on the way I eat, on the way I think about health and fitness and what it's for, and on the way I I exercise and and get fit. You have you have liberated me from forever from stuff <laughs> in rooms full of machines. Um, so I, I want to start start out with a huge uh, appreciation. And I'd love for you to tell folks kind of your your story and your background of how how you got to to where you are, and then we'll talk about the things that you're doing and and advice that I found so valuable that I think other people will as well. Sure. Uh, just uh, as a young kid, I, I just I've always been intrigued by movement, running faster, jumping higher, improving athletic performance, and uh, I've always done. Uh, well, two things have always happened. One is my dad never gave me answers or he, he intentionally wouldn't help me out to, fit, uh, to get things in life or to achieve things. So that I, you know, would say, you gotta get yourself and make me earn it. And, um, so what I always did was I always looked to nature for answers. I would always look at who is the fastest, who jumps the highest, and trying to figure out why is it that they do this so well. I'd look at athletes, Olympic athletes, professional athletes, and look at animals and just see how they absorb the ground, how they push and pull and, and, and do various types of movements. And so I would always be seeking and trying to figure out how to optimize my performance. And when it came time, I actually started helping other people when I was 16 years old, 34 years ago, uh, is when I started uh, the strength coach. I implemented a lot of through-type movement things that I did personally, and it worked really, really well. And over the years, I've just been honing it and honing it, and I've created a, what I think is a very unique way of training And uh, by and then I've also done it with the same with my nutrition. And in both regards, the training and the nutrition, I was quite outside the box uh, 15, 20 years ago doing the type of training that I do. Nowadays, a lot of trainers are doing more functional training like I was doing 15, 20 years ago, and um, it's becoming more accepted. The way that people eat, though, is still not, mainstream, although it's becoming more and more with books like what you're um, promoting, Howie Hall, The Time Study, and many other great plant-based books that are educating people on how to eat in a way that's healthier for people on the planet. And so over my life, I've just been always striving to eat as healthy as possible for myself and for the planet and to exercise in a way that is most instinctive and efficient for myself, and uh, that's what that's what my monkey bar gym is. It's a place where we teach people to train, to eat, and how to rebalance their body in a way that's most distinctive and natural. Right, and I, I remember when I when I was out there studying for a week, one one of the things that uh, the messages that really struck with me stuck with me was, you know, any trainer can do a workout and kick a client's ass. 
but can can you heal your client through a through a workout? And that's really yeah. that's really your your mission. You don't want you don't want people like limping home feeling good just because they've been punished. You want people to to be better tomorrow than they were yesterday. Talk talk a little bit about how you do that. Well, you bring up a really interesting point. About 13 years ago, I opened my first monkey bar gym, and I. I was the only gym that I that I knew of that had no machines, no as we trained barefoot. Um, we trained for movement, not muscles. And I knew after a couple of years people would start jumping on the bandwagon and it happened and and but the thing is what I built into it right off the bat was progressions. So that whether you're doing a push up um, you can do it at whatever level suits you. You can do a knee push-up, or if you're high level, you can do handstand push-ups. And uh, there's always levels for somebody to progress to. But what happens when somebody, you know, sees something you're doing, they don't understand all the work went into it, and they don't understand the progressions, and they generally just say, oh, that high-level exercise is really cool. I'm going to have my clients do that. And so see a lot of people who um, dig a real one type of exercise that you're teaching and then throw it at their clients and they injure their clients. Press jumps are a perfect example. Most people, I would say 90% of people who work out should not do box jumps. And what, what's, a, all, what's a box jump? A box jump is when you stand in front of a, a box that is about 24 inches high it can be 18, 24, 30, or higher. And you jump up onto it, and then you jump back down off of it, and you do it for repetitions. You can do it for speed, how I train it, or many people just do it for repetition for a workout, a conditioning aspect of the workout. And the reason why people do it for that is because it can get your heart rate way up. But I do it generally for... Um, jump training, performance. Sometimes I'll do it for conditioning. But I, I put my foot down in only allowing people that have done the preceding work or the prerequisites to jumps. Once they can do that, then I allow them to do box jumps. The thing is, about 90% of people should not do box jumps because they have collapses in their arches, then their knees and their hips, and that can cause plantophytis, patellitis, it can cause back pains when you jump off and on and off of a box and you don't have proper alignment. And yet trainers all over the world still do this exercise like it's going out of style. And it, it's just crazy how many people get injured doing this exercise. But there's, there's tons of exercises that people do just like this just because it's cool. And so I started saying that a long time ago. It's really easy to kick somebody's ass in a workout. You know, you can just go online and you can see a bunch of really cool exercises and throw them at your clients. But being a trainer that has the ability to kick somebody's ass in a workout and to be able to heal somebody and keep them healthy and happy, now that's a unique trainer. And that's why I strive for all Monkey Bar Gym trainers to have as an ability to heal and to really push somebody in a workout to do, to do both is, is high level. 
Right. Well, I remember the first time that uh, you and I uh, worked out together. My goal coming out was I wanted to be able to jump higher. I wanted a really great vertical leap to help my ultimate frisbee. And right. so I, I bought a program off the internet, some some sort of you know vertical uh-huh. leap air program, and yeah. I started doing it. And you took one look at my jump, and you you saw my right knee buckle every time I sort of you know pushed off and went up. And you said, you yeah. know what? If you you know, the the harder you work to jump, the faster you're going to blow that knee out. It was like a, I think yeah. you use the analogy of a car in, with bad alignment going yep. down the road. I remember that. <laughs> I remember you were doing hundreds and hundreds of That's a perfect example of people basically having, oh, just jump, jump more, jump more, jump more. But there's no talk about jump right. Jump right first, then jump faster. That's how I teach people. You got to get your mechanics right. Then we increase your speed of jumping. And as your speed increases as you jump, you're going to jump higher naturally. But the people miss out jump right first. And because of that, they hurt people. Right. Plain and simple. Well, as, as I recall, I was, I was more remedial than jump right. I was like stand right for six weeks before, <laughs> before you let my feet leave the ground. <laughs> well, that's where most people are, though. That's what I was saying. Like 90% of people shouldn't do biceps. They, can't have, they have enough issues just squatting. <laughs> Uh, so, so let's talk about the fact that your your gym has no machines, um, right. and so you're you know so again you know my my thing these days is I contributed to a book called Whole, so right. you know that's a concept that I know is very dear to your heart. So what's exactly. the difference between working out on a machine and the type of workouts that you do? Okay, I would I can, I'm going to make a little analogy here. It's the difference between driving in a car and riding on a bicycle. Driving in a car, you're disconnected from your surroundings. You're in, riding a bicycle, you're connected to your surroundings. Being on a machine, you disconnect from your body and, and its connection to the ground, uh, the air being uh, off the ground. Being uh, just pure body weight or being uh, off a machine, you are constantly connected to your proprioception proprioceptors, they're constantly engaged and working to try and write you all the time. So one is completely abnormal while the other is completely natural and normal. I never want to be in an abnormal environment because we don't live in that environment, so what's the point of training in it? I want to train for life and adapt to things that life throws at me. And once I get good at that, I can basically do anything well. A person that trains on a machine can do a machine well, but it generally doesn't transfer over to doing movements that require a lot of proprioception well. Right. And, w- and one thing I remember is I, I was pretty proud of myself. I had gotten pretty decent at the bench press at one yeah. time. And you're you, – <laughs> Again, you know, brought me down to earth. You said, you know, being good at the Bren press is like firing a cannon off a canoe. Can you, can you explain right. what you mean by that? Right. Um, it, it goes back to what I was just talking about. If you're stabilized, something else is stabilizing you, then you're not fully engaged. When you're on a bench, something is literally holding your back 
evil. So you don't have to engage the entire body. In real life, you're, I mean, you can't try and figure out a situation where you might do a similar thing. The only time is if you're in a sporting event and somebody's on top of you and you have to push them off you. That's the closest a bench press would come to a real-life scenario. Whereas a push-up or pushing a sled, let's say, those things are realistic in life because everything's connected from your hands all the way through your feet. The chain has to be strong, and, and therefore you'll gain the whole chain when you train it. Whereas in a bench press, you're only really going to work the upper torso. A lot of people say, yeah, but if you use your legs and push into it and stuff like that, True, you can you can get really strong in a bench, and it can it can involve a lot of your body. But the fact is, you're not completely stabilizing it. So when you work off in a position like that, it gives you a false real life reading. I feel a lot of people, or trainers, they base their entire training regime off a of bench press, though. You know, and some of them had really great results. Uh, it's old school as hell. A lot of them tweak their shoulders. Um, but it's just something that I always look at as, okay, a bench press, what is it? Load your body up a lot. You're in a completely stable environment. So would it be better to load your body up a lot but be in an unstable environment so that you develop your stability? And you can do that on a push-up. Somebody sit on your back. You can use a power push-up and load it up. You can put weight vests on. You can put weights on your back. You know, you can do a bunch of different things. Up an upper body pressing movement that engages the full body with a focus on alignment as well. So you strengthen all those weak links, and it'll give you much more bang for your buck than doing something where your body is completely supported by a bench. And it's... It's just in my book, it, it makes no sense. It, it one develops nothing for real life. It, it does, but it, it, it's it's it does. I don't think it transfers over nearly as well as a real life scenario type of activity. Right, and then well, something else I remember um, was was a very funny and telling moment uh, when I took the. Uh, the the CNT one training course, um, you know, there most of the guys in that room were like, you know, really muscular. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were big guys. I'm sure they could have picked me up and thrown me, you know, with ease. And and yet when you did a like a single knee push up <laughs> with yeah. your with your back in in uh, strong alignment without your shoulder blades collapsing towards one another. And then you asked all these really, really strong guys to do it. None of them could. So it was, it was right. like, you know, what, what, however they had been training, they had been training their big muscles, but they yeah. had been somehow ignoring all the smaller muscles that, that you, you know, that according to your uh, understanding of the body are really important for us. Could you talk a little bit about the, you know, how, how the whole body exercise trains more muscles and different muscles? Sure. When we're doing a push-up, or uh, let's say we'll, we'll talk about a push-up and pushing a car, both of them are great exercises, and both use the entire, uh, engage the entire body. Whether you're pushing a car or doing a push-up, 
But if my hands are against that resistance and my shoulder blades move back, I'm not really going to push anything. It's just I'm collapsing. So is this healthy or not healthy for the body? It's not healthy. The more that I have uh, movement in my shoulder girdles, it's, <clears throat> it's the weaker that I literally am becoming. The core of the body, which I say is that all your spine, shoulder girdles, and your hips, all of that is your core. <clears throat> the more that it moves when you become in contact with something, <clears throat> excuse me, the more that it moves, the slower or the less force you're going to put back out. So when you're pushing against the ground or you're pushing against the car and your shoulder blades retract, you've just lost a lot of force output because the more they contract, the more they have to come back forward. And that turnaround diminishes your speed. It diminishes your power, your pop. It's the same actual application when a person jumps or when, or when they're running and they're having a lot of movement in their torso. It makes the reaction slower. So when we're, when we're doing it and, and we put against an object, a car, let's say, and our shoulder blades do not retract, but they stay rigid, and then we can put more force with our whole body into the car and, and, and get more movement from it. And so when I do that test at every single course I do that, and I get a, I, I get quite a laugh at it because I've never had a person do one push-up without collapse. And it's, it's interesting because everybody compensates. The more a person collapses, the more they compensate, the more apt they are to have weakness there and, uh, not, um, and then have possible injuries to those areas because if the joint is extremely mobile, that's looseness, and then they're going to have misalignment issues. So we want to have we want to have the ability to stabilize a joint and then put force back out. And when you're doing a knee push-up, it's a really easy example, and everybody can see it. As soon as they lower themselves into a push-up, in 100% of people that, we, I've tested on doing this. The first thing that is moves is not the elbows bending. The first thing that moves is the spine collapses and the neck collapses. And that's a, a telltale sign that they have tightness in the shoulders and the, and the neck and the, all, all of that collapses. And so what we try and do is integrate Aishin's yoga into push-ups, into pull-ups, into squats, running and jumping and everything so that we teach the body how to stabilize and stay in a right position so that we can put more force output and which equals higher levels of performance and which equals less likelihood of injury. And doing that push-up one is just a really fun way to show everybody you may have a lot of muscles, but it still doesn't mean, you know, you're actually being efficient and that you don't compensate and have collapsed. And that's why I love doing that test because everybody can get broken down on it. For myself even, you know, you saw me do it and, and I, I didn't have hardly any movement in my shoulders, but I, it took me six months of training under hydrations how to do a knee push-up without collapsing my shoulders. But now because of that, 
I'm way stronger and more stable in areas, and um, and it equals better performance in everything that I do. Awesome. So there's a whole bunch of other differences between the way you uh, train and work at the Monkey Bar Gym and, and, and other places I've seen. Um, you know, one of them is, you know, in this conversation, you're, you're kind of being very sort of technical about it. And the technique is a very much a part of the classes, but you wouldn't know it if you weren't looking for it because they just look like people having fun, which is you're also right, something right. I've never seen, you know, past like fifth grade. Yeah. Do you want me to elaborate on that? Yeah, please. What's what? What? How did that start? And um, what? What? What do you think? What's the good in that? And people sort of running around, laughing, encouraging each other, playing games. You sure. Know. Um, the whole reason I opened a monkey bar gym in the first place is because I, I got sick of the facade of health and fitness, while I was a strength coach out in Los Angeles, and and um, I say the facade because we say health and fitness. When, when in reality, it's um, it's a forced or a chore, and I don't think it's so healthy a lot of times because people feel obligated to do something which intrinsically should be instinctive for us all. We should just want to move. We should just want to eat good, healthy foods. But for some reason, many years ago, Fitness became a chore, and I think it became a chore just because we took all the fun out of it. You know, on a playground, it's not a chore. We all run around and, and play. And so when I looked at nature, I, I, I started recognizing that, you know, why is a, you know that gorilla so muscular? Why is that wolf so lean and strong and healthy? Why is that cheetah, you know, move so well and look so healthy? It's because they play. You know, they they train their skills through play. So then I just started thinking, oh, why can't we do that? Why can't we train running, jumping, crawling, and climbing, you know, in a fun way? And you can. You can do all of those movements in a fun yet challenging way that gets people stronger, leaner, but also they laugh a lot while we're training. We, we have a really great time, and people look forward to going to the workouts instead of feeling like it's a chore. Now, you also said earlier that I'm being sort of technical on stuff, and yes, when I teach the courses, I, I get more technical on stuff. I don't try and get too scientific because I don't think fitness needs that, but I do try and break it down so that the trainers understand the difference between a serious misalignment and just a gray area misalignment. And I want to, I want people to have fun in class and I don't want, I, I'm never wanting to be so strict that I'm not going to let you move if your shoulders collapse a little bit on push-ups. I want you to have fun, you know, crawl across the floor and maybe do an alligator push-ups and stuff. But I want the trainers to know the difference. So if a person does have a lot of collapse, the trainer knows how to correct it really quickly. And that's the difference between a monkey bar gym trainer and most other trainers, that we have the ability to really do some amazing alignment work. But we also, we also train people in a way that's really fun and enticing. And that's why I think people come to our workouts six days a week. 90% of our members come uh, five to six times a week. 
90% of members in a normal gym don't come at all. <laughs> so that's, it's a really interesting thing because one is a chore and one is a pleasure, I think. Right. And I, and I remember, you know, half, half of the time, you know, the gym is really fun. It's got all this great equipment, ropes and giant uh, tractor tires and all this stuff. But half the time we would be outside, right? And you'd, yeah. you'd take us, like, run up a hill or go to a kid's playground. Like, like for you, the world, every, everywhere you look is like, how can I interact with this in, in a fun way that builds me? Yeah, I love that. The funnest days I have is when I just get on my bike and I go ride and I look for stuff to climb on, you know, jump on, you know, do all types of stuff like that. And I do that with some of my trainers. Sometimes we just have a blast going and playing on stuff all over the city. You sound like me at age 11, like summer vacation. (laughs) (laughs) What's to stop us? What's to stop you now? Right. At age whatever. Age is nothing. It's just a number like Satchel Page said. What? I mean, how old would you be if you didn't know when you were born? (laughs) So so I want to make sure we cover uh, food and nutrition because as far as I know, you're, you're one of the only gyms in the country that really has an opinion on this except for everyone else, you know, has, you know, like CrossFit is, is you know, their hundred words is, uh, you know, lots of lean meat. It's, it's paleo. And I right. know, I know lots of sort of people who would be vegetarian or vegan or plant-based, but they're terrified of losing performance and muscle. So, right. so first of all, what's, what's the monkey bar gym's philosophy on food? Monkey bar gym's philosophy is and has always been to eat plant-based. Plant-based is about 90% of your food comes from plants. 10% comes from animal products or processed foods. Um, You know, but the plant-based can be 100%. But generally, um, what the China study proved was that 90% or more, if you eat that from plants, you're going to become healthier and happier generally. So that's what I've always followed that, um, and it's worked quite well for myself and then all of our members as well. That's mm. what plant-based is, and that's what we promote. Do you get resistance from people? Because it seems like the fitness world <laughs> is like the last bastion of, you know, where do you get your protein? You know, if, it, yeah. if, if people start eating plant-based, then they will do, you know, like, you know, seven cups of beans or, yeah. or, or, um, you know, three gallons of, of protein shake. Like where, right. where, where are you on all that? Um, I eat strong foods. That's, I, I look at it like, um, there's a lot of really great nutrition, plant-based nutrition information out there today. And, um, when I started, there wasn't anything and except for the China study. Uh, and so what I did is I reached out to people that I knew and I asked them and it came down to eating strong plant foods. So the thing is, if a person eats when they're hungry, and this is key, when they're hungry and not at a set time, and then they eat to when they're satisfied and they drink lots of water, and then their foods that they eat are high in nutrients, a person is going to get leaner. And th- those foods are going to give them optimal energy. 
And if you have good energy, you're generally going to be able to work out hard and you're going to get stronger. See, one of the things that I see a lot of times with people that are, that, you know, if we look back at the hippie time in the 60s, you know, and when people would say vegetarian, vegans, or, and all different types of plant-consuming um, pe- uh, groups, they really didn't look too strong. A lot of vegetarians you can still see today are way overweight. Um, vegans, you can say are way overweight. A lot of them are, don't look too strong, and it's because they're missing the component of strength training. You know, and, and so what we've done at the Monkey Bar Gym, we put the two together. We teach people how to eat a, a strong plant-based way. And that's eating lots of greens and beans and onions, mushrooms, and uh, like as um, Joel Furman has a great acronym, G-bombs, greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. <laughs> and that's, I, I love using all types of ways to just teach people how to eat really strong, and that's a really great acronym. And I, I just look at simple meals that are very high in nutrients. Greens is one of the best things that you can consume. And um, so I, I try and get a ton of greens into my into my diet. And as far as the protein goes, people, yeah, you're right, people do ask that. But the first thing, and because they're so scared of losing what muscle they have. Now, generally, if you're not 200-plus pounds, you really don't need to worry about consuming extra protein because you can look at it from many different views. You can look at it from if I'm just general person, you're going to you're going to need about 0.7 grams per kilo of body weight, and I'm 100 kilos, so that would mean 70 grams of protein a day. Which eating the way that I eat, it's not going to be hard anyways. I, I would hit that. And um, for a person that's a lot smaller than me, you're talking about 30 to 40 grams of protein a day. That's not going to be hard for somebody to get generally if they're eating nutrient-dense foods. Um, If a person then still feels like, oh, gosh, I'm a little nervous about it, go ahead and have some plant-based protein powders if you want. Uh, They're they're making some really great ones. the best ones I've ever seen are produced by Health Force Nutritionals. Uh, and they are just incredibly powerful um, foods that uh, they are basically like uh, Corella, Spirulina, and um, blue-green algae, things like that. But they have a high-protein um amount, and uh, they're extremely healthy for you, high, high nutrients. And those are the types of food, if you want to supplement with plants and get incredible energy and get your protein in, Health Force Nutritionals is a a great place that I always just advise people to go check out. Um, But the thing is, I don't want to get people freaking out about it. So if you feel like if after a workout you want to have a smoothie, go ahead, have one. But instead of going the typical animal-based protein powder, go to a plant-based protein powder, one that might have some things like, you know, Health Force Nutritional. That's really hardcore. Um, if you don't want to go that hardcore, then get one that has a nice mixture of brown rice, hemp, and pea protein in it. And that's going to give you incredible bang for your buck as far as absorption of protein and, and 
that'll help you to build muscle if you feel that you're going to, that if you're scared of that. But generally, people that, the only people that I would really suggest that, that might need to take extra are the people that are really, one, scared that they're going to lose it. It's a way to feel comfortable. But it's generally deep guys that are close to 200 pounds or heavier. Then it comes, it does get a little bit hard to get little extra protein in your diet if you're feeling like you want to gain muscle. And so that, that's the only case where I'll tell people, yeah, then let's, let's take some of these, uh, protein powder, plant-based ones that I'm recommending. And that floats their boat. That makes people feel good and they gain the muscle just like we want. And, um, it works for athletes and it works for all level people. And so what I try and do is I don't want to freak people out. I, I, like, I don't want to say I'm vegan because that scares people right off the bat. So I always say I'm plant-based. I'm 100%, but so what? I just say I'm plant-based. I also don't want to tell people you have to eat this way. you got to meet them where they're at and make some subtle changes. I want them. It's their path. It's not my path. So just like with the training, what I was saying to you earlier, Howie, is that a person... We want them to have fun, right? But we want to challenge them. It's the same thing here. I want the person to enjoy their food, but still start to make a difference. Start to do it in a positive way that's going to bring better health to them. And then also, they can look at it in a global way, bring better health to the planet as well. You don't need to kill so many animals, you know, in the production of animals, which is one of the top reasons for global warming. So that's one of my main reasons why I eat 100% plant-based, but... People don't need to do all of that. So how do they transition into being plant-based? Meet them where they're at, make subtle changes, and then maybe, hey, if, what if they're 80% plant-based and 20% animal products? That's a start. That's maybe Bill feels good that way, and, he's, and it's a lot better than him eating 50% animal products in his diet. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he stays that way for a year, and then he slowly transitions to maybe 85% or whatever. But he's enjoying the process, and he sticks with it. Because the biggest thing that I see is people change all the time on diets, and that's the worst thing you can do for your body. Right. Do Do you find that um, the people who come to Monkey Bar Gym, many of whom I'm guessing come just because they like you know they like the results that their friends and neighbors are getting, and they hear it's cool. And they're really, you know, do people come in, first of all, eating more or less a standard American diet? Is that a lot of your clientele? Yeah, that's a lot. But, you know, what we try and do is we try and educate people on eating plant-based and on just starting to make subtle changes. And we do that at, at all of our locations. We give good resources on our website, monkeybargym.com. And then we also give a step-by-step how-to on our Monkey Bar Gym University, which is our basic our certification courses that we put online just recently, so that people all over the world can learn what we're doing. All right, let's let's talk about the uh, Monkey Bar Gym University because I took a live CNT course, Certified Natural Trainer course, and I was there for like a week and. Yeah. Um, so I have trouble imagining what it's like online. <laughs> and so for well, some, you know, I can, t- I can tell anyone who's listening to this that it is probably the best, you know, the, your, your philosophy and your training and the tools you give people is, it's basically a career maker. 
right there. If you want to right. be in fitness and you learn this stuff, you will Im- immediately differentiate from everyone else in your community. But how do you, what, what does it look like online? I'm really curious how you, how, how you've managed to, uh, to do that in, in, in a way that, uh, that, that trains and empowers. Um, well, that's a, that's a good question. It's a, it, the thing that I was finding out after I've been teaching this course for 12 years and the six day course is one. It's a lot of information. And what, what I was realizing is that to, to, I, it's, a, it's so much information that I wanted to begin to break it up, but I also didn't want to test people at the end of it. I wanted to test people a month or two down the road so that they could start to practice this stuff when they go home and then test them. But I really couldn't, it was really difficult to do that. Uh, we had people starting to videotape over the last year or two and send videos in. But then we, we, we decided, you know what, let's just put an online university app. And this way, people at their leisure can learn the lessons, can practice the lessons, and then they send in their videotapes of it. So this way, uh, one of the things that, I mean, a live course, I can give you feedback right then and there. But that doesn't mean you get time to practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And so it can, it, it can be majorly overwhelming. So we did a couple different things. We cut the course down to four days. We really broke the course down to make it more simplistic. This is the live course. And then we still allow you to go home and videotape your exam and your yoga and your nutrition information so that we can see that you've got little time under tension. But then what we did was we basically took the same thing and we made it our online university level one course. And in doing this, the thing that we've already noticed is the the ability to understand and grasp what we're teaching is extremely high because we have so many points on each that you got to say when you're doing your videos or, or you will not pass. So that means you can't just, you can't just read it from a book one time and then think, I got it. You literally have to do it. And so the time under tension from the point of you taking your first lesson to the point of you doing the videos you have to do lots of reps, and in that process, you become a better and better trainer on the way that you train, the way that you eat, and the way that you do your ice and yoga. And that is what what we wanted. We want trainers to be able to run the gamut and to do all three elements really, really well in a comfortable environment where they don't feel stressed out as much. And people all over the world now can do it. And We've been just, it, it's gotten really, really rave reviews so far, and we're really excited about the future of it. That, that, that sounds really interesting, because it's, it's true. There's nothing like getting a bunch of people together in a room, uh, but also that it's, it's like a young wine. It doesn't, you know, the skill set doesn't have time to mature. Exactly. Uh, so I can, I can see how, how that would help. And for, you know, for folks who are, who are already plant-based, I don't know too many other places you can go to learn about fitness. First of all, there's nowhere else you can go to learn about fitness that is as as detailed and as intuitive 
um, and empowering as as what you teach at Monkey Bar Gym. But even if that weren't the case, I don't know anywhere else where you could go where you wouldn't have to kind of sit rolling your eyes when everyone's telling you about, you know, salmon, lean meat, chicken, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, only limit your carbs to 30%. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and that's so. another thing that we really try and, you know, I talk a little bit about those things, but it's a really, what we try and do is get people to connect to each other and themselves, like in nature. And when we really become connected to ourselves, you will get, you know, you will get more balance and you will become more energetic and stronger. And that, that, uh, Emanates, or emanates, is that even the right word? It just, uh, moves, it just expands from you to everybody around you. And I just think it's really important for us, if we really want to make this world a better place, do the right thing. And the way that we train, we connect with ourselves as far as learning how to move better, but also we work with other people and teach. The way that we restore, we definitely do that. And the way that we eat, definitely is best for people on the planet. And so one of the reasons why I even started this course is because I want to help people on the planet become healthier and happier. And this is the only course that I know of that is honestly doing that. It it really teaches people how to help and really learn about themselves and others. And uh, I'm very happy with what, what has evolved over the last 13 years and the amount of people that we've been able to help all over the world, and, the, and I'm really excited about our future as well. Great. And uh, I guess in the last few years, you've you've developed a whole bunch of other locations besides the flagship gym in Madison, right? Right. So that, that's have, from folks who've who've taken the training and have taken advanced training, and then you've gone out and actually helped um, create franchises all over the country. Is that right? Right. We have uh, 17 locations and two corporate locations. And we're on, I think we're in, we're in Japan, Sweden, Australia, U.S., Canada. And uh, got a couple other um, countries that we're going to be in very soon. So um, we're, we're pretty excited about all the growth that's happening, especially with the online university. Uh, that That, I believe, will help out a lot more. It's all it's all looking real good. Awesome. So if someone wants to find out more, where do they go? Monkeybargym.com. They can find out everything they want about how they can connect with us, uh, see our free daily workouts, to learn about our nutrition or our icing or upcoming seminars and events. All right. Well, so uh, I really want to just encourage people to check this out because if you have been in the nutritional wilderness for years if you've tried diet after diet and you know philosophy after philosophy and then you discovered plant-based whole food plant-based eating and living and you finally said oh my gosh you know what took me so long this is so obvious i feel so much better it makes so much sense if you are currently in a in a fitness wilderness 
going from, you know, do I just walk? Do I do a heart rate monitor and keep my, my, uh, my vitals here? Do I go all out? You know, do I do CrossFit? Do I run marathons? And you're just confused by all the different options out there and nothing has really gotten you where you want to go. Monkey Bar Gym is the equivalent in the fitness world of plant-based nutrition. So um, I would encourage anyone who's interested in it, for either for yourself to just get in better shape and to feel better and to heal yourself from, from aches and pains and, and the limitations that we think come with aging, to anyone who wants to professionally um, help others. Please check out monkeybargym.com. Um, John Hines, you have been a and continue to be a huge inspiration and guide and teacher to me, and I want to thank you for that. And I really thank want God. to thank you for, for taking the time to chat today. Well, thank you. Anytime. I always enjoy talking with you. All right. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.